Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Fitter and Faster Coaches Corner. As always, I'm your host, Mike Murray. Today, I am thrilled to invite you all to sit down for a conversation on high school swimming and training with Nutrier High School coach, Josh Runkle. Josh, welcome to the program. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate the invite. I'm looking forward to this. So. Josh, are you meeting with us today from the office of the pool or the office of the school? What's happening back there? I'm in the pool office. This is uh, where I'm sitting right now. Um, you can't really see it. But, well, you kind of can. There's a white brick right over my shoulder, and it's the original one of the bricks from the original pool that was built in 1912. It was the first public high school pool, and uh, about mid 30s, there there was a reconstruction. They built a, a 25 yard by 20 yard pool, and they called it Lake Nutrier. Uh, it was the Works Act kind of did that, and and there've been a few renovations. Um, we're on about our fourth deck, so there's just layers of deck. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of the historic old pools in the country. It's a neat it's a neat place, and the the thing that's really cool now is we actually we started uh, forever. Up until about 2019, we started in four feet of water in the shallow end that's literally right outside my door. And um, we've now moved down to our deep end and we flipped our timing or control beat control table to the other side. So now I overlooked the pool before I was blocked by the pool. And, and when we first did, it was a little intimidating because you see our, our pools lined with all our All-American certificates and we've run out of room. Uh, to be honest with it. And, and we have big banners that, that signify our state championships, our national titles. And when we first moved in, I could see it. I got a little intimidated. Uh, getting to 2019, it was kind of like, well, it hit again, like where I'm sitting and, you know, people who've sat in this office. So, but now it's just something that I look up and I, I kind of smile and I get to see it and I go, wow, I've, I'm, I'm really fortunate. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, it's an honor. It's really humbling to, to be a part of this. So Coach Runkle is quite literally joining us from the bunker. <laughs> yeah. It's about what, if you stand up too quick, you're going to hit your head. So, Well, Josh, I was floored by your presentation at the Asker World Clinic. I took a lot of notes. I think I filled my notebook most with notes from your talk. And uh, yes. Dan, my associate head coach, and I sat there and, you know, we were trying to pick apart some of the things that you were doing and see how we could use them in our program. You mentioned, you know, the brick above that left shoulder of yours and all of the history at Nutrier, the high school sports scene in the Midwest, particularly where you are in Illinois, has always been very rich with history. You mentioned you feel a responsibility to the school and the program. Talk to us about some of the core values that make Nutrier what it is and what you relay to your athletes at the beginning of each season. You know, we... we... We really talk about, and, and Mark Onstad, who was my predecessor here, and is also the guy who, who hired me for my first coaching job 20-something uh, years ago, um, you know, he, he had a core set of values, and, and, and he printed them up, and, and it essentially just came down to, you know, honesty, integrity, hard work, dedication, discipline, you know, all the things that we all talk to our athletes about. Um, and, you know, over the years, I think we kind of tweak that and twist that to, to fit our needs. And, and so when I got here one day, I was kind of sitting here thinking about, um, you know, what do I want kids to really value out of this experience? Because, and Mark told me this, and, and, and while winning state championships and having all Americans and, and all that is, is a big part of what we do. It's not the sole thing of what we do. Um, you know, what can we teach these kids? What, what are these kids walking out the doors after four years 
not just in our program, but in our school, what are they like? And, and, you know, I always use the measurement of how good we'll raise a team. Well, ask me about 15 years and we'll see what they're doing uh, and how they're doing. So, um, you know, we have a sign in our locker room says we're going to value each other, our time together and the journey that we're on. And, and we really kind of preach that to our kids. Uh, we don't want to waste time because time is our, our most valuable asset that we have. You can't buy it, obviously. And, and it's something that we want to we want to make maximum use of our time. And we want to we want to value our time with each other because we're all in this together. And, you know, we have anywhere from 100 100 to 120 kids on our team in a given year. Uh, our varsity group is, you know, anywhere from 25 to 32 guys. And, and we talk about every person has a role. Every person can find their niche. Um, so we want to value that person. And, and it might be, you know, the kid who might have been on your JV team who actually turns out to be like the best leader you have. And turns out, you know, in, in 10, 15, 20 years, when you see what they've become and the, the contributions and the things they're doing, um, it, it's always kind of, that's to me that's the funnest part. So that's something we preach to, constantly talking with our kids about. Um, and, and we're really fortunate. We I I work with some some. I'm really fortunate. I have I have, I have great people around me and the adults, and I have great kids. I I just love the kids. When I came in to interview, uh, it was the second round, and I was meeting with different groups and uh, stakeholders. And the first group I met with were about a dozen juniors. Uh, it was going to be the next year senior class. And I remember getting done with the interview and my host who was walking me around the school. And we have a kind of a huge building um, was walking me to my next stop. I said, can I make a phone call real quick? And he said, yeah. And I called my wife and I said, if they offer me this job tonight, I'm taking it. And, and she's like, really? You know, she's like, you know, you need to think about it. I'm like, I just met 12 of the most unbelievable kids, you know, and that's after working for 16 years and having, um, you know, having, having a lot of great people who I've had a chance to work with. I met these folks and I was just like, man, I was blown away by it. So, um, you know, that's kind of what, what we look at is where, what are we going to be? What are we going to become? And that's something I think I've always worked, looked at. My parents were both teachers. Um, so that's something that's kind of always been ingrained in me is, is you're helping young people just develop. As I listen to you talk, I'm reminded of something that one of my mentors growing up used to say to me all the time, Ernie Steck, he was a legendary athletic director and he was my father's high school football coach. He, he used to talk about the teacher coach and how important that role was in school districts. And I was fortunate to go to a prep school, but it was a tenant that he was very involved with uh, laying down that philosophy to the staff was the teacher coach, the person who is as involved scholastically with the athletes as they are with developing their athletic talent. Talk about what that means to you, because I know that's important to you. Yeah, that, I mean, this the pool, the pool, the weight room, the field you're doing dry land in, the deck, wherever, it's the bus. It, it's just an extension of a classroom. Um, I think some of the most meaningful conversations and meaningful moments I've had in my career have probably been, you know, sitting in this office or another office and just meeting with a kid one-on-one and swimming is probably the fifth thing we've talked about. Um, and just, just knowing that they feel comfortable enough to come to you with any kind of thing they have good or bad going on in their life. And I think that's more important now than ever. Um, with, with what we've been through in the last couple of years, I think our, our kids and, and all of us um, and our mental and emotional states are, are just still trying to 
come to grips with what, what our world is now. And I think that's now the most important thing. And, and I, I just think that that's my job first and foremost to be a teacher. I think all coaches are teachers and we're all educators. Um, and, and, and that's where I think the really great successful coaches, uh, and I don't mean success winning and losing. I, I just mean the people have the impact. I think whether you're a teacher in a school, professor at a college or a little league coach, you know, some of the best teachers I've ever had never were in a classroom. Uh, and their kids sometimes are the best teachers. Um, so I, I just think that that environment of always learning, uh, not just about our sport, but about ourselves, is the most important thing. And the expectations are high there. As we said, you know, there's a legacy when people hear New Trier and New Trier swimming, you know, you're, you're thinking of some all-time great high school athletes. How do you balance some of those expectations uh, with some of the traditions and and some of maybe the demands of the, the community that you're involved with. How do you balance that? And how do you make sure it's not too big for the kids? Well, we, we, we embrace our tradition. Um, when, when, I, when I was coaching at another school before I came here, um, I think Nutria had a t-shirt that said something like live the tradition. And I thought that was kind of a cool thing. And, and when I got here, I started thinking about it more and more and, and you know, we had, like I said, we had a great group of seniors and I sat and talked with them. I spent a ton of time talking to them. And what does Nutria swimming and diving mean to you guys? And when they explained it and I saw the passion they had, the, the, the pride they had, um, that really kind of hit settled for me. So I went and got a giant sign and put it in the locker room, you know, live the tradition. And actually we were just doing it yesterday with one of our seniors talking about ordering our, you know, our teams, our team gear for the year, you know, our t-shirts. They want to put live the tradition on the back of the shirt. And we've done that for the last, you know, I think seven years. And I'm like, you know, we got to come up with something better. And they're like, no, this is what we really want. And I think, you know, we embrace that. We, I, I think our kids embrace it. Uh, they know there's expectations, but the biggest expectation, nobody's going to have bigger expectations than ourselves. Um, you know, my first year here, I'll, I'll never forget, we hosted the state meet and Dave Robertson uh, who was a coach here forever. And I mean, just one of the most successful high school coaches ever. I think there's like two high school coaches in the International Swimming Hall of Fame. Coach Robertson's one of them. He just passed away uh, about a year or so ago. And, and he happened to come to my first state meeting in 2015 uh, with his son. And, and it was, you know, kind of a thrill to meet him. Our kids came over and got to shake his hand. And he's just a legend. And I, I remember there was like an email chain going back about how Coach Robertson had been here. And in the, like the wrap up, you know, somebody wrote, well, you know, Trier only got fifth place at the state meet. And I was sitting there thinking, man, only fifth place. Um, the highest finish I'd ever coached before I came here was 11th. So with fifth place, I was almost doing cartwheels down the deck. I mean, I was ecstatic. And, you know, I'm like, man, only fifth place. And then, you know, the next year we got fifth place. That was kind of like, I thought we should have been a little better both years. And then we ended up uh, getting third and first. Um, and that was kind of like, yeah, everybody was kind of like, yeah, that's what we should be. We should be winning trophies. We, we give trophies to the top three teams in Illinois. Um, the year after we won, we went five and five in dual meets and we finished 18th in the state meet. And I gotta be honest, I think that's the best coaching our staff has done in my time here. We got more out of that group of kids than I ever expected. Um, we just, we weren't as good. We just physically weren't as good. And, and we had a really a nice group of kids who, work their tails off to be as good as they could. We just weren't good enough. You know, we, we just, we just, there's no other way around it. And 
you know, I'm as proud as that group that went five and five. And, you know, we were everybody's senior night that year. It seemed like, like everybody wanted us um, for senior night. Cause they, you know, it was, it was a different year. And, and for our coaches, so our coaches have been here for 20 years, it was a really different year for them. Um, but I'm as, I'm as proud of that group as I was the group that won it the year before any group I've had after. And um, so, so yeah, so the expectations, you know, we talk about what the tradition is. It's whatever we decide it is. You know, is it winning state championships? Is it filling up banners? Is it winning dual meets? Is it making All-American? Or is it just being as good as we can be and, and trying to figure out where that that ceiling kind of comes into it and how can we punch through it? Can we get to it? Um, you know, and, and, and I'm fortunate. I get a ton of support here. Um, our, our school, our administration, uh, our coaches, our families are really supportive. Um, you know, somebody once told me we're behind, your parents you might hear from parents who are behind you all the way winter time. Um, but I gotta be honest, I, I think, you know, I, I've been pretty fortunate. I, I've, I've had pretty good support here personally uh, since I've been here, no matter when, lose or tie. So um, yeah, that, that is the thing of, of trying to balance it and trying to make kids be realistic. You know, um, you know, we've graduated some just absolute, you know, just great athletes from here. And, you know, the, the one that, comes back and I bring him back to speak as much as I can. He's in town as Reed Malone, swam out at USC, swam on a relay at world championships uh, years back, was a university, world university games gold medalist. And, you know, we don't have those guys walking through the hallway all the time, but we have guys who are pretty good walking through the hallway. And, and I think that's what they got to realize is, you know, there aren't a lot of those guys around and you don't have to be the next, you know, insert that name. Um, you got to be you. And, and that's what we try to try to do. I actually had a conversation with one of our freshman girls yesterday who, who's a good little swimmer and she's working her tail. He's a tiny little thing. And, and she's, she, she's going to, she's going to have a really good high school career. She's going to be a really good swimmer. She's got some, you know, club events of the 200s of stroke 4IM stuff. She's good in that stuff. And it's like, yeah, you're, you're just new here. It's okay. You're, this is six, seven weeks into a season. And and she's worried about where she fits in. I'm like, oh, we got a long time to figure that out. So it's just kind of, you know, trying to balance that expectation more with the kids. Absolutely. And one of the things that I took away and Dan took away from your talk at ASCA was how organized you are. So let's get into the nuts and bolts of this. You've got a how many week season for your high school season? Uh, we go 14 weeks from start to the end of the state meet. So, yeah, it's, it's a short, quick one. Um, I'm going to correct you on the organizer. I know a lot of people, you cannot see my desk right now. So, um, yeah, but I appreciate the comment. But, yeah, it's a 14-week season. So how are we setting up our season when we take a look at those weeks? Well, and, and I think we do it a little bit different. I do it a little bit. I, I, I've tweaked some things over the years. Um, I think you always have to, obviously. You know, I listened to the, the Brett Hawk interview with uh, Eddie Reese the other day. I know a part of it and I can listen to Eddie Reese tell stories all day. I know people will go to clinics. Like I want to hear what this guy, I, I think you learn a lot from his stories. Um, and, and just kind of the, the thing of, you know, you're always looking at how to get better. And like, you know, if that guy is almost 80 years old or right around 80 and, and he's still trying to figure out how to get better. And so our, and what we need to change because every year is different. And I, I embrace that idea too. And so what we've done here is the difference here than where I've been in the past, um, our varsity guys and kind of just focusing just on those guys, they're swimming for their club team year round. 
um, I kind of, I, I get, I almost cherry pick, you know, our club, we, our kids swim for about four or five different clubs here. We have great club programs in the area, great coaches. Um, you know, I've gotten to know them. I, I've had a chance to work with a few. Um, I'm in contact with them uh, often, uh, maybe probably not as much as I, I should be, but I, I do reach out and kind of check in on kids. They always, you know, know they're more than welcome to come visit us at practice, see what we're doing. They've always been the same way. But when our kids come in, they're they're ready to go. Um, they've been swimming, you know, typically since Labor Day. And we start the Monday of Thanksgiving. So we don't spend a ton of time where some high schools might traditionally go kind of that old school, hey, we're going to spend four weeks just going pure aerobic. Um, our guys are coming out of a taper meet or some sort of rest. They're coming in almost as fast, if not going lifetime best, pretty darn close to it. We've got one group that just full on shave and taper. Um, so they come in, we're ready to go. So we really spend those first couple of weeks just keep developing that speed. They're already on a high. They're feeling good about themselves. Um, we keep it going. Uh, we don't do, I don't think we're a big yardage volume program. Uh, I kind of quit counting years ago and I do look at it because I, I have gone overboard when I've done that a couple of times. Um, but our volume probably that first couple of weeks is a little bit lower and we're still, we're working on front end speed and just going, going, going. And, um, you know, we're still getting, I'd say 5k in a workout. So it's not like we're not, we're slouching it or anything 4k, but, um, yeah, we, we go fast and, and we swim a couple dual meets early, uh, and teams don't like it because our guys are coming in and it's like, Oh man, you guys rested for, it's like, no, we're just, we're we're living off of what they've been doing for the last 14 weeks, the great work that they've done before. And, and we just look really good right now. I look, my first meet here, we spent a team Naperville Central, who's a, a great program in Illinois. Uh, we went 136.8 in the medley relay. And we've got these little closets on our side of the deck. And I walked in the closet and I just started laughing. And I came out, I was like, like red. I think my eyes were kind of tearing. They're like, what's so funny? And I'm like, I coached a team. We went 138 shaved and tapered a year ago. And that was, that was our school record. So these guys go 136 and they're always kind of, hmm, it's all right. Um, so it's just kind of that mentality. We want to go fast. And we just established that really early. You know, then we kind of get into an aerobic phase. I, I just, I found out that when we went aerobic real early, they were too tired to, to develop any speed until the end. And while our kids would, would drop time at the end of a year and, you know, I could beat my chest and say, wow, our kids were, you know, look how hard we work. We're dropping five seconds in a hundred. That year to year progression wasn't getting any better. It was getting, you know, half second, maybe two tenths of a second better by year instead of getting that, you know, Hey, that kid just got bigger and stronger here. We should be getting a second less faster. So that was just kind of how I looked at it. So we start off going fast and then we kind of, it's, it's a little bit of just reverse periodization. I mean, uh, Yanti, I've heard Yanti Skinner talk about that was kind of the influence to me um, of that just made total sense. So that was kind of, I think the one unique thing we did. And like I said, we started with some speed development, working front end speed. Then we go into some aerobic, just kind of reestablish that a little bit. Uh, and then we go into a mixed stage where we just do a lot of anaerobic and aerobic stuff mixed in a lot of mixed circuits. Uh, and then we go into, you know, a, another speed race prep phase, start doing some brokens and just getting the idea. Uh, I quit using the word pace about three years ago. Cause I think it's a dirty word because when kids hear pace, they think easy, uh, or it's just unrealistic. Like we have our, our guys who swim the 500 go pace. Um, we should have a couple guys going 410. 
um, evidently, because they can hold 25 plus um, going pace work, but it's like, it's a full out sprint. I mean, their tempo is like, you know, 0.9 per cycle, or it's just like off the charts. They're like, you're not swimming like that. So I just, so now we call it race. And they kind of, and for some reason, that's kind of clicked with them a little bit better. So, and then we just rest them, you know, and, and like I said, it asked them, they're 16, 17 year old guys. They're pumping growth hormone left and right. Um, it, they're, they're, they're a lot harder to screw up than they are made faster, I think. Um, and it really is. I think if you keep them like mentally and emotionally in the right state of mind, it, it's, 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 I don't want to like, you know, tell everybody who's doing well, it's easy, but it's, it's a little easier than I thought it would be with guys. Girls is a whole different animal. And I think girls are more coachable. I, I think guys are just way more like, I just want to brute force, flex the muscle and let's go. And, and girls are so much more technical and they're more, more thoughtful and mindful about it. Uh, and it's, it's a fun mix. I really, I, we coach the girls in the fall and I'm an assistant for their program. And I actually, I enjoy it quite a bit. Josh, talk to me about what a set looks like at Nutria High School, second week of December on a Wednesday night. On a Wednesday? Well, what's changing this year because we're, we went to a different schedule in school, uh, but probably what it'll look like this year on a Wednesday night, second week in December, we'll be getting ready for our, our dual meet with Naperville Central on Hinsdale, Naperville Friday, Hinsdale Saturday. Um, we're, we're going to go to three mornings a week. And one of them is going to be a lift. We're going to lift Monday morning um, because we can get the weight room all to ourselves. Um, and it's a little later start for us. So they get a little bit of time to sleep, a little extra sleep in. Um, so Wednesday morning will be off. Wednesday morning is going to be just a, probably a pretty quality set, especially that second week. Uh, we're going to work a lot of front end speed. I, I, I gave the example of at, at ASCA. Um, I stole it from Dan Flack at an Ask a Talk. I, I love what uh, the stuff he does when he publishes it. I, always, I think you got to always put it in context, obviously. Um, and, and I really like this that he came up with. And it's just like a progression of, you know, uh, 15 meters, 25, 37 and a half, 50. And it's all in four minutes. And it's like two of each. And it's just working on getting out, working on, uh, on our start, working on our breakout. Um, I think a lot of a big mistake a lot of us make, and I know I've made it in the past. I wait to work on that stuff till the very end of the year. I kind of get to the point where I'm like, oh man, we need we haven't done enough start work, we haven't done enough breakout kind of things, working just the technical aspects. Um, so we just try to reinforce it right away. And so we'll that's something we do a longer warm up, maybe a little preset that, and then we might go into like a little aerobic set after it for a kick set. Um, nothing that's going to crush them because we want to build up that that system. And the next morning, the Thursday morning, typically we go into groups. Uh, we break our morning groups into 50, 500 and IMers. And, and Thursday's a pretty quality day for that group. A lot, of, a lot of race work, a lot of broken. Our 50 guys will be on the towers. Our, our, our 500 guys will get on the towers for a little bit. So um, yeah, I mean, it, there, I don't think there's any secret sauce to it. Just and that's the one thing I've learned over the years is I think we all do pretty similar stuff. It's just how you get the kids to buy in. And, and we just talked about, we want to be fast now. I'm, I don't know if I'm ever going to do it. I'm kind of, I'm a little chicken to do it. Uh, I'm thinking of putting kids in suits every once in a while. I know one coach who still got some blue seventies and I wish we had those or just any kind of body suit to put them in there just once, just to make them feel, Hey, this is what it feels like. And just that feeling of speed. And, and I, I, I just, 
I, in Illinois, you only have to be fast one day, to be honest with you. We qualify for a state meet at the sectional, which is the week before state. It's the only time you can qualify. It's the silliest setup ever. Um, you can set an American record in that first week in December, and if you don't hit the qualifying time or win a sectional the third week in February, it doesn't matter. And it's just it's a silly setup. We're kind of hoping to get into the 20th century at some point. Uh, we're making steps there. Uh, we're going to get the 20th first, then we'll get into the 21st, but um, it doesn't matter. But we're trying to get them to buy into being fast early is the biggest thing. And, and that time is when we really hit it. So you mentioned, Josh, that your competitions in the dual meet season are, are typically Friday and Saturday. So do you plan like, okay, maybe I, I can go a little bit less speed work and, and think more about drilling or skill work or maybe some more aerobic stuff because I know they're going to go fast Friday, Saturday? Or are you saying, hey, we're firing up another two days a week and getting after it? We just go. And because it's such a short season and because it is so focused on those last two weekends in February, I just kind of found out that if you back off, in spots and it just it comes back and bites you a little bit i think and so we we train through everything before when i was at another school and we we would back off and when i say back off maybe a day or two out from me dropped down about 75 percent of our volume and intensity maybe work a little more drill work maybe work a little more techniques and skill stuff um some i've tried to incorporate the last few years or, or really want to do it more um it is some skill work within like a warm-up set uh or within a preset and, and just getting them you know getting out of just the mindless swimming and a lot of times I, I think it's we get worried about volume and things like this and we say okay let's we're gonna go you know you know five 200 skips for warm-up ready to go and it's just like you know they just they're just counting eight five times and you know what are they getting out of it instead of like just being more mindful I've talked to a couple coaches a couple club coaches nearby got some great ideas and ask a Braden Holloway's presentation I thought was really really neat this morning we did something similar I was coaching a backstroke backstroke group this morning and we did a 600 and every at the 75 they got out they did a uh, backstroke start so we got six starts in this morning um and just you know kind of was able to watch and do a little coaching at that time so um you know we just go through and and, and I think that's just the way our kids are they just want to, hey, we're tired, we're beat up, we don't care. Um, you know, we lift the morning of meets on Saturdays a lot of times. Um, and, and to be honest, depending on what it is, will kind of vary on the workout. Um, but, we're, you know, sometimes it's activation, but there's times when it's, no, we're going hard and, and our guys are gassed. Um, we did that a few years ago. Uh, we had a coach, a volunteer coach who was in here working with, with one of our guys. It was a kid, Charlie Scheinfeld, he's swimming down in Texas now. He's a senior. And Charlie's huge. I mean, I think he's deadlifting like 405 right now. And he just, he's a, he's a monster. And they did, we were doing a little bit of deadlift in that day. Supposed to be using appropriate load for reps of like eight. We're supposed to do reps of four or sets of four. And, you know, I can just hear weights clanging on the floor. And there's Charlie just, just heaving some weight. And he and the coach going at it, a young volunteer coach. We got to the meet that afternoon and Charlie's like, my legs are shot. I'm like, well, yeah, dude, you know, you, you probably didn't need to see what we could max out this morning in the weight room. You know, so that was a lesson learned. And, but it also wasn't one I was real worried about. He actually got beaten two races and it, it was just kind of like, all right, I know how I need to prepare better. I'm going to need to rest a little more. And, you know, those are always good times, but yeah, we go through pretty much the season. 
I love it. Talk to us about how you use towers. Uh, not as much as I'd like. We, we've only got four, which I, I say we only got four when a lot of high schools are like, what's a tower, you know? So we're pretty lucky. Um, try to use it more. I, I wish, there's part of me that wish we had racks. Uh, although obviously the tower being way more versatile with our, with our guys who are more 50 focused, um, we do more rack type work. We drop a cone in at about 10 and a half yards. We've got a piece of tape uh, mounted on, on the, on the, on the tower and they can see when it gets there, that's 10 and a half yards. So we time them just kind of follow the protocols. You know, I think everybody's taken those, you know, should it be, you know, 5.8 seconds to 6.7 seconds. And, you know, we're just kind of vary it. Some days we'll be like, Hey, we're going to go heavy, but we still got to get to 10 yards within eight seconds. Um, and so we just do kind of reps like that sometimes with them, um, with our, our more kind of, uh, I'd say longer kid, you know, high school doesn't really have a distance event, but our 200, 500 kids, we might do some, you know, lighter weight, but some repeats with it and then go right into some race work, you know, give them a time like, Hey, this is, we want you holding, we're doing 200 work. Hey, we want to hold 26, five or under on this. And we want, you know, you kick count off the wall. We want tempo just like a 200 or a 500. Um, we had a guy years ago, uh, a few years back who just was going to end up being our third flyer but he was our best 50 flyer and we, and we can only enter two guys in the sectional per event. And he was going to make the lineup in our medley relay. And we just kind of about six weeks out of the state, me just made a decision. You're swimming a 50 fly. We put him on that thing every day, every morning. And we put a mono fit on him. And we honestly just did like 12 and a half repeat or uh, 15 meter repeats, 12 and a half, you know, whatever's kicked. We tried to find a sweet kick out spot for him. And then we would go, you know, 25s with it underwater. So just little stuff like that. But yeah, I, I'd like to get more into it um, and use more. I wish we had eight. We had like, you know, one in every lane. Um, but again, that's that's kind of greedy. Um, I went out to Arizona years ago, like in the early 2000s. And I just, oh yeah. I mean, I was like, holy cow. We had a connection with Frank Bush through somebody I worked with. And I, was, I remember just being like, oh, oh my God. I mean, they had a tower, like every lane going the width of the 50 meter. And I was like, wow. And he's like, yeah, we use it every day. When I went, I went to Virginia a few years ago. I was I keep like name dropping, um, but you know, they they had just gotten some more at, uh, and, and you know, Todd was telling, Desorbo was telling me, yeah, we use this daily, and we do. We try to put some kind of resistance work in every workout we can. So either towers that gets a little tough here. We can only do it in the morning because um, we're eight lanes where we have three diving boards at the end. So we have divers going as we're swimming under them. Um, it's a pretty interesting thing. Um, it, and our divers are really good and, and we knock on wood, haven't had any problems, but, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. So having, you know, the towers going down is just not going to work out real well with divers here. So we use shoots, uh, in the mornings we use cords, drag socks, all that fun, weight belts, stuff like that. So we try to get some resistance all the time. You know, you have this picture in your presentation, and I know that a lot of folks who are listening to this will go to ASCO once that uh, talk is uploaded and, and listen to your talk because it, like I said, it resonated with Dan and I. You have this picture of the team in the weight room, and, and it looks like you get great buy-in there. So what does the lifting look like throughout the season? Um, well, we lift two to three times a week. Uh, like I said, we're going to go to Monday mornings just so we can get the room to ourselves. That picture. Um, again, we're really fortunate here at Nutria. We, we have a lot of resources, um, that, that a lot of schools just don't have. Um, and one of them is a full-time strength coach. 
Um, and we've got, he's got a staff of paid assistants. Um, and, and when I first met him, uh, you know, he's a typical strength coach. He's a football guy. Uh, I'm a football guy. So, you know, he and I could connect right away. And when I met him, he was, his energy level was just through the charts. And all I asked him was, and that's, we were lifting the mornings at that time. And I just said, all I need you to do is be this guy at like 630 in the morning and just get them going. And um, he, he actually has done a Jim, Jim Davis thing. He presented at ASCA a few years ago, along with our girls coach out in DC about building culture uh, in the weight room and through dry land. And um, he's just been fabulous researching, talking to people. Uh, he ended up at a, at a conference in Louisville and he went and found the, the strength coach in charge of the swim program. And he went out had a cup of coffee with him and just picked his brain like, hey, I'm coaching high school kids and just, you know, kind of are we doing the right kind of thing? So uh, we look at more. We don't do anything swim specific. I don't think uh, we do stuff more just general strength training. Uh, my favorite line, I think I told this at the conference was, you know, we don't bench press. And every, as soon as people hear us say weightlifting, everybody thinks we're in bench press. And uh, I teach a strength and conditioning class here. And that's all the, that's all the guys want to do. And we literally just started benching last week. We were doing push-ups. Um, you know, my favorite line is, tell me, tell me why swimmers should bench press and you can't say the Texas men do it. Give me a reason. And, and there's some people who use it, and there are benefits to it. But, you know, our strength training, it's pretty simple. We squat, we clean, we deadlift. Um, we work on different planes, upper body, lower body, push-pull. Try to get as much uh, balance work as we can. We do a lot of things on one foot, do a lot of band work, a lot of cord work. Uh, pretty general stuff. I don't think anything, again, earth shattering, but our kids have really enjoyed it. Um, and it's the environment that, that, that our strength staff creates. Um, we went in there a few years ago and they decided to do some battle ropes and we're in there with the football team and we got some big, big kids at the school. And, uh, I think the football team guys were a little annoyed that, you know, Hey, why are these guys in here? And then they looked at a couple of our guys like, wow, you know, they're really getting after it. And so, you know, our coaches bring out the battle ropes and they go, let's get a football guy and a swimmer. And, you know, good-sized football players said, I'll go. And this one kid who said from our team who said, I'll go, I'm like, oh, that's the last kid that I thought would volunteer. And I'm, I'm like, this is going to get – he's going to get wrecked. And sure enough, you know, I mean, two pulls in and our guy goes flying across the room. And the entire football team mobs the guy who won. They just dogpile and they're going nuts. And our kids are looking like, what are they doing? This is nuts. I'm like, oh, they're celebrating. They're, they're, it's a victory. They're winning. They want to compete. And so we decided to go round two. And we had a pretty good-sized kid who plays water polo, Division One college water polo. And he, I mean, he's he's a horse. And he got up there. And about three poles, he yanks the football player across the room. The football team mobs the swimmer. All of a sudden, our guy's at the bottom of the pile of the swimmer. And I'm looking at him like, get in there. And they, they just thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And, and it's just they really bought into it. Um, and I think that's like anything, if they, they believe in what you're doing, they're going to go after it. And our girls have gotten a lot better at it. Um, they've been in the weight room with our strength staff for about six years now. Um, and, and we were in there, uh, I was in there last week, a couple of days with them. And I, I'm amazed at like, not just how strong they are, but how they're, they're getting after it. I mean, they're really cranking. And that's, I know, I know it's not just male or female, but kids in general, that's a hard thing to do. Um, but they, they really do. They enjoy doing it. They, they, they spend the time doing it and, and they've really bought in. I think, again, it's credit more to our strength staff than anything else. 
I love it. It sounds like it's it's helped really build the culture and uh, great segue into my next question. 14 week season coach, what does the taper look like at Nutri? <laughs> Two weeks and we get to the end of it, they dip their toe in the water. Um, we just, we rest. I mean, we, and, and sometimes I'm always worried we're doing it too much because we our kids, you know, we, we end the high school season on, on Saturday, they go back to their club team on Monday. And then we have our state senior champs Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then a lot of teams are going to NCSAs or speedo sectionals after that. And, and I'm always really concerned, especially a lot of our kids. We don't have a lot of 50, type kids. We have a lot of 200 stroke kids, 400 IM. I'm, I would love for high school to add the 800 free relay and the 400 medley relay. I think that would give us a great chance in a lot of stuff. Um, better than we are now. Uh, we set our state record in the 200 medley relay a few years back, first school to go under 130. And I'm like, I bet if we went a 400 medley, it would have been way more impressive. Um, but we, we focus, we start getting, you know, by that point, we've got our lineup set up. Everybody knows where they're going. We just do a lot of race-specific work. This last year during COVID, we had an eight-week season. So we really, we did one week of rest. And it was a lot. I would give them a yardage amount. Just say, I want you to do this. And 300 yards of it has to be fast. You can do it however you want. But you can't do more than 100 yards at a time or something like that. Um, we get a lot of assist work going in. We do a little bit of visualization with them. Uh, probably just start focusing more on the details. We take some time. Uh, it's a lot of low volume. Um, we probably drop our volume the first week by almost 50%. And then the week after that, we almost go 50% of that. So, I mean, it's, uh, well, I'd say 60 then to 50 of that. So, I mean, it's, it's a pretty low volume though. Um, that last week we are honestly, cause we've had the sectional meet on Saturday. Hopefully, you know, we've qualified. Hopefully we haven't had to rest anybody to get in there. We throw them in suits and caps just to, to make sure, you know, we get our time, you know, get our kids through. And then it's, it's just, it's more just kind of zeroing in and, and kind of, you know, sharpening that knife, so to speak. So, and, and we talk, you know, we spend a lot of time during the year talking about nutrition and sleep, taking care of yourself. And, and I think that that part of it's a real important part. And you, again, it's like starts, turns, finishes. You can't wait till then to do it. You got to do it early in the year. So, but that, those two weeks, we, we really hammer them on it. How individualized do you get, Josh, when it comes to, you know, the different events, who's doing what? Uh, a little bit. Our, our guys who are a little bit longer, going to two and the five, um, we'll go, we'll obviously do some different things. Our guys who are sprinting, we'll do a lot of just short burst stuff off the block, uh, a lot of assisted stuff. Some of our kids who are more, like I said, 200 focused kids. Uh, we might let them throw a little bit more value. If they really are worried about it, uh, we might give them a little aerobic work. You know, so I'll get a lot of kids. They won't, they, and, and we we really lay off kicking. Um, and just you know, bring the legs back. It just takes so long. Um, but we'll we'll do some pull. I might let them do a real light, easy pull. Um, just things like that. Do a lot of race rehearsal. Uh, so it just kind of really depends. We do a, we don't individualize probably as much as a lot of people do uh, in the club and college world. But we do. I, I think we do cater towards events more than anything else. We do the same thing in the weight room. We'll lift the week before, but it just kind of depends on who you are uh, and what you think you need. And, and most of the time, you know, again, they're 16, 17-year-old kids. A, they don't know what they need, but B, it's probably not the worst thing in the world. You know, a little extra work isn't 
give them a little more extra sleep and it's probably going to be as just as beneficial. So, um, you know, I, I think we do, we do kind of cater to, to some of the needs a little bit and I'll let have kids come up and say, Hey, I just want to do, I just want to swim. Like, can I, I had a, we had a kid a couple of years ago, it was our 200, 500 kid. And he said, I, I just want to swim a little bit. And I, I was like, all right, because do you care if I pull a 600? I go doing what? He goes, just pull a 600. I go, knock yourself out. So every day at the end, we're done. He's like, I'm going to pull a 600. And then as we got like three days out, I'm like, why don't you pull a 300 today? You know, I don't think his heart rate was ever over 120, 130 beats a minute, but it just, it made him feel good. So I'm just like, you know, go for it, man. I love it. I love it. And I, and I love, you know, the trust that you have with your athletes and that they have with you. You felt comfortable going to you asking for that. Josh, what's, what's the role of the parents in your high school program? How do they contribute to your team? What, what do you do as a coaching staff to keep them involved? Well, we try to communicate with them as much as, as we can. Uh, and like I said earlier, I've been really fortunate. Um, you, know, you know, I think there was that perception that, that it was win at all costs here. If you don't win, uh, they're going to run you out of town. And that's, that's never, uh, ever been the case to me, and especially from our parents. Uh, it's been very sport. We try to involve them a little bit. Um, I'm trying to figure out even more ways to give that, have them be a part of this. Because especially for our seniors, um, you know, we had a couple, we have kids and we've actually been running into problems with this. We have our, our, during the boys season, our girls team will come time meets for us and our boys will time during the girls meet. Well, one year we were, I think most of our girls were away at meets. Something was going on. It might've been like a school break or something. Uh, and we, we, we solicited help from the stands and we got one parent who came down and he had had, he had been coming to high school meets with his sons, I think he had five sons and it had been a span of almost 20 years that he had been spending his Friday nights at high school meets. He came out, we have these little rickety plastic chairs. I went and got him a nice cushion chair. And then I pulled up one, one for his son and I said, you go sit with your dad. And I just thought that's a really special time that he got to come down on deck and hang out with his kid. Um, you know, they don't get those opportunities very often. And you know, it, it can be, it can always backfire on you, obviously. And, and we're always trying to kind of, where do we keep the separation and things like that? But, um, you know, trying to get them involved as much as they can and just trying to educate them and understand that their kids are doing the best they can. They're facing a whole lot of things in the world, especially when we, again, talking about seniors, they're trying to play in college. What's the next step of their life? So, um, you know, we do some, some social things with them when the parents volunteer to help. All right. So Josh, we talked about the role of parents in your program. We talked about taper. We talked about lifting, how you plan your season. Talk to me about who you're following. What is your favorite thing to do in order to learn new things and expand your knowledge of the sport? Stuff like this. Uh, um, this is, I, and I mentioned it, and, you know, you doing this, listening to the, the stuff that Brent Hawk's doing, um, uh, Zach Burton's out of Springfield, Missouri, when this, when the, when the pandemic first hit, was putting stuff together on Facebook Live. Bob Steele kept coming on. I've known Bob since I was a little kid. Uh, he was my dad's high school teacher. Um, so that was kind of a trip getting to watch him and then just, you know, just connecting with people. Um, like I said, you, you could never measure how bad COVID has been, but I, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm definitely not a, an eternal optimist, but I've been able to find some good things out of it and just the sharing that's come out of it has been really good. I, I really do love clinics and conferences 
and, and you know you hear it all the time it's not when you're sitting in the room and they're up at the board talking it's sitting in the lobby it's sitting you know drinking coffee it's eating breakfast or lunch with somebody um those are the best things and, and again at Nutria, we're really fortunate. We have a lot of resources. I've been able to do some professional development. Um, I got to go out to uh, to University of Virginia for three days, and Todd DeSorbo was nothing but, you know, I just randomly emailed him, and he said, sure, go ahead. Um, you know, one year I didn't think I could travel, so I just went down the street to Northwestern. Um, but also just, I mean, for years, I picked up the phone or emailed, you know, Chris Plum at Carmel, you know, Peter Verhoff at, at Bowles, and and Dan Flack at Baylor just asking, you know, hey, I saw you doing this on Twitter. Uh, what kind of equipment are you using? And just, I, I think anytime you can do this, I, I've only got it, I think I figured out, I, I've got it like nine years left till I retire. And I just kind of thought, you know, I want to learn as much as I can in those nine years because I think I want to keep coaching afterwards too. But I, I think, again, it's just, it's a way to, to keep getting better. And, uh, you know, I stopped swimming when I was 10. So my competitive experience is zero. Um, so for me to be able to, to kind of keep going and not being able to call on what I did as an athlete um, is really, really difficult. When I first started, I used to go to everything, try to read every book possible. And now I just think, like you said, listening to go talk is the best part. I, I bought the book that uh, Dana Abbott and Chuck Warner wrote about Eddie Reese. And I bought one for my dad. He was, he was a coach for about 40 years in high school. And, Eddie Reese was his hero and, and, you know, with a connection down there, Hey, coach Reese, would you mind if, when I see it at the central stage clinic, would you mind autographing it? And he autographed it. It was just, it was a thrill. And then I said something, you know, talking about our, my guy down there who, who I was fortunate enough to coach. And, and I said, I'd love to come visit you. And he goes, Oh, anytime. And he just said, the one thing was you have to tell me at the end of the workout, what I could have done better. And I keep wanting to go down there, but I'm trying to figure out how in the heck I'm going to tell him something. And it just, it hasn't worked out to get down there with COVID, but I really do want to get down there. I think anytime you can talk with other coaches and swimming is the best with that, but even just other coaches and other sports, I've learned a ton of stuff from, from, from coaches from other sports and watching other practices. And when I was a first as a head coach, uh, I went to a baseball practice. And that was the most organized thing I had ever seen. And it was, you know, you think baseball is such a stationary sport. It was just constant movement. I went to a basketball practice. It was constant competition. Uh, and it was just really the, seeing the level of engagement uh, was a huge thing. So I just, I think anytime you can do things like that, you can connect. Uh, it's also reaffirming. Uh, you know, when I spoke at Ask, I had fortunately a couple of people came up, wanted to talk afterwards. I was, I was just thrilled anybody showed up. Um, and then when I got talking to him afterwards, it was kind of like, oh, I do that too. And we were kind of both like, you know, we were all like, oh, we do that too. Yeah, we do something similar. And it just, I think make all of us feel like, okay, I'm doing something right, or at least doing something that somebody else is trying to. So I think that's such an important piece of it as well. Josh, this has been an awesome hour. And uh, I want to leave our viewers today with what you're most excited about for the sport. Oh, I just think seeing – Seeing where it goes, I, I, I got, I was fortunate. We got to go to the trials for a couple of days uh, in June and um, where we were sitting, Michael Phelps was about 10 feet from us. Uh, matter of fact, I looked over, I'm like, it's Michael Phelps. And, you know, Aaron Pearsall was sitting up there and names that I know and that everybody knows, but now seeing like this new generation 
of these young athletes coming in, you know, like the Jake Mitchells, the Kieran Smiths, uh, you know, um, I mean, just all these, you know, Tori Husky, all these kids coming in and just, it's so cool seeing it because, you know, at some point, Caleb Dressel is going to retire. Katie Ledecky is going to retire and, and seeing who the next one is to come out of that and to see who they've inspired to become this and, and seeing that with coaches, like, you know, who are the Eddie Reese's of the world inspired? Who have the, the Terry McKeever's of the world inspired? And to seeing like new and new people come. I, I just think I'm really looking forward to seeing what 2024 looks like and just the build up into it and hearing all these new names. Um, and, you know, I, I, it's just, to me, it's a really exciting time. There's opportunities that I think haven't been there for athletes now because there were so great, such great athletes there for, you know, Michael Phelps and Ryan Lochte were, you know, generation, you know, multiple Olympics and, and you know, just generational talents. Katie Ledecky's in the same boat. But now seeing all these, you know, young kids come out, I just think it's really exciting. I, I think, you know, the direction of the ISL, all that stuff, I, you know, watching that on TV, that was cool. I never really got, I kind of followed it, but just seeing where the sport people are trying to take it is really neat. I'm with you there. And uh, Josh, how can people get in touch with you if they want to ask questions? Uh, you can probably even, well, I'm in a dungeon, so uh, good luck trying to find me. But um, if they want to email me, uh, you want me to get, just give you my email? Perfect. Uh, it's Runkle, R-U-N-K-L-E-J at nths.net and if if anybody wants to email call me 847-784-6576 that's my office line that gets through my cell doesn't but um you know i'm happy to talk with anybody um I, like i said i think that's one of the most important things i told you before we started it i'm a pretty good thief i think i've been stealing from people for 20 years and if I can give one thing back, that makes me feel a lot better. Well, Coach, it's been a great hour. We appreciate it and uh, look forward to seeing you more. Thank you very much. This was a thrill. I appreciate the offer and the opportunity.